Kora and welcome to Tea with the High Commission. I'm Iona Thomas, British High Commissioner to New Zealand. Welcome to our podcast. In this podcast, we explore the connections between the UK and New Zealand through conversation with some very interesting Brits and New Zealanders. I invite you to join in the conversation by leaving comments and questions. Today's guest is British tenor Paul Potts, who was catapulted onto the world stage in 2007 on the TV show Britain's Got Talent with an earth-shattering rendition of Ness and Dorma. He went on to win the first series of Britain's Got Talent and has topped music charts all over the world, including here in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Paul has toured New Zealand many times and is visiting New Zealand this April as part of the 50 Golden Years of Musicals tour. Paul, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Pleasure to be with you. Now, a question I ask all my guests on the podcast. It's called Tea with the High Commission. So tell me, are you a tea drinker and how do you take your tea? I, I, I normally make tea for everybody else in the house. I don't really drink that much tea, but I make quite a lot of tea. Excellent. Well, you're a good person to have in the house then if you are a tea maker. Yeah, I'm chief tea boy. <laughs> so let's start by talking a bit about your own musical journey. Can you tell me about how and where you started singing? Um, I first started singing when I was about four or five when I joined the church choir. I didn't want to go to Sunday school. I, I saw the I, I saw the vicar singing every Sunday and I thought, that's what I want to do. I want to sing. And um, so I, I joined the choir at a young age. And the thing was, is I was always louder than the rest of the choir combined. Oh, that's fantastic. What a wonderful sort of start, really so young. So... Your rendition of Ness and Dorma on Britain's Got Talent, which has led to over 16 million views on YouTube, is absolutely stunning. Can you tell us what was going through your head when you were up on stage and talk us through that moment? Um, well, at the time, I wanted to run out the other side through the emergency exit or for a, for a trap door to open underneath me. Um, I wasn't expecting anything to come of it. I had had... Um, major illness and and injury before it and so I hadn't really been able to sing for a few years before I did the audition so it was it wasn't a situation I was expecting to, to go anywhere in fact I flipped a coin to actually enter the competition. Oh wow well we're all very glad that uh, either heads or tails whichever one came up it did because it's led to such an amazing career for you and and so many opportunities and looking ahead you're actually visiting New Zealand as part of the 50 golden years of musicals tour so what can we expect from that show when it hits our shores well there's lots of music from different musicals um some of it some of it british in origin as well there's going to be some beatles music amongst it and i'm going to be doing a, a couple of beatles numbers myself um and so i'm going to be performing with some great new zealand home artists and and joining in doing a duet or two and and seeing you know, places in New Zealand that, although I've been to New Zealand quite a few times, that I haven't seen before. So I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, that's one of the things I was going to ask you, which was that you have been to New Zealand before and you've done a road trip at the South Island. And in fact, this summer, I also went to the South Island and loved the scenery. So do you have any places from your previous visits that you would recommend Brits particularly visit? Um, don't, whatever you do, go to Shortland because you'll never want to leave. <laughs> that's the problem when I, when I when i end up on the south island i kind of drive to the mount cook area and then head through queenstown and i end up to and it's 
it's it's really really hard to leave northland because it's just so beautiful down there although there are some great areas in the north as well but don't do what i do on easter sunday and get caught speeding <laughs> well, excellent <laughs> bit of advice for any tourists who are coming to new zealand but absolutely right on Fjordland. As I say, I went to Milford Sound and the scenery there is just it's so majestic and it's so stunning. And do you find that scenery kind of inspires you when you're singing? I, I'm, I'm inspired by all sorts of things when, when I'm performing it, but, but, but it's incredibly inspiring for me that I, I, get to, I get to perform in these places and get to see so much as I go around. And I'm a bit of a camera freak as well, so I'm always taking, I'm always taking photographs. Um, so I'm always using up, you know, large chunks of my hard drive on, 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 on the scenery in New Zealand in particular. Oh, well, it's easy to do. As in, my husband is also a big fan of photography, and the number of photographs we've taken since we've moved here has just expanded significantly. And you talked about enjoying travel and coming to New Zealand and seeing the wonderful landscapes. Over the 15 years that you've been sort of singing professionally, you've had the opportunity to tour the world doing what you love. Before Britain's Got Talent, could you see yourself travelling so extensively and making trips for work to places like New Zealand? Not at all. Um, I, I, I've been to different parts of Europe before, but I've been to Italy, Spain, and 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 very small amounts of, of northern France when I was much younger. But I never, I never thought I'd I'd even be performing in in the UK very much, let alone as extensively as I have. In around the world, you know, in places like Mexico and El Salvador and Peru, and you know, and and places like New Zealand and Australia as well. It's not something I could ever, ever have imagined. And as you travel and sing in all these different places, do you think there's something about music which transcends language and connects all of the people in the countries that you're travelling to? Yeah, I, I I think that there's something really, really important about music because it's got that. Certain something that shouldn't say quite. They did, you know, the the, the the X factor, if you like. There's something that you can't put your finger on. Um, the only trouble is, is because it's something you can't put your finger on. It's something that's difficult to put a price tag to. So therefore, it's one of the hardest things to get governments to take notice of, of the importance of music and how it affects people's daily lives and their mental health and their general well-being. Yeah, it's true that music can impact people in so many positive ways and is such an important part of how we interact with people. Looking back a bit to earlier moments in your career, um, last year, very sadly, Queen Elizabeth II passed away and had a huge impact around the world and a woman of great importance to both the UK and New Zealand. You were fortunate enough to do a Royal Variety performance in front of Her Late Majesty. How was that as an experience? Um, well, I actually did it twice. You can actually see the photograph of me with her actually directly behind me. Yeah. And um, so, so I, I got, I, I was, I was honoured to do the Royal Variety performance twice. I did it the year I won in 2007, and I also did it in 2012 in the centenary of the Royal Variety performance itself. So it was, it was great to to, to meet the Queen, and especially the way Prince Philip was always sort of stirring everything ahead of her. He always end up coming behind him and kind of picking things up from his wicked sense of humour. And um, But it was a great honour to meet her and to perform for her. Fantastic. And I say her influence has gone really around the world and we saw that last year with the responses globally uh, to Marsing. Continuing on your performances, you and New Zealand's own Hayley Westenra have recorded a duet of 
Say Con May, which is beautiful. How different is it singing a duet to a solo? And how does it feel when you get the perfect duet? Um, well, you've got to be conscious of the fact you're not going to get all the best bits because you've got to share them. <laughs> so, you know, if you, if you take all the best bits of tune, it makes you look greedy. So, um, and it's one of those things that I learned through watching other people do duets. So I remember I, I won the, the, the German version of the Brits Award for rock, international rock and pop. And um, I watched Lionel Richie do a, a duet with an up-and-coming singer, and he basically let her lead the whole thing. And yet it was his song. It was Everlasting Love. And no, my endless, endless love, not Everlasting Love. That's a different artist altogether. But he allowed her to lead it. He allowed her to, you know, you know, it was such a big star to show such modesty, which is incredible. That's incredibly sort of generous thing to do, but to be able to showcase talent. And are you now that you're sort of further along in your career able to spot young singers and encourage them in the way that um, you were given the opportunity to sing when you were young? Yeah, and I've worked with a couple of Kiwi singers, um, Lizzie Marvelli and 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 I'm, I'm terrible with names. I know her name is Hawkins. Um, she'll kill me when she sees me. But then I did forget her name on stage as well. So. And I'm, I'm a bit like that. My head's kind of in the shed when I'm on stage. So sometimes I completely forget people's names. But I've, I've worked with a, a few Kiwi artists as well as Haley, and I've always found I've always found Kiwis very straightforward, very very upfront, but down to earth people. Absolutely, I think Kiwis have a, a real reputation of being very friendly and very open, and say very down to earth. And I found that in the six months I've been here, that they've been uh, very welcoming. So I'm sure you'll get. A good welcome when you come here uh, later this year. Going back to uh, the show that you're here for, the uh, 50 Golden Years of Musicals tour, when I was growing up, The Sound of Music was one of my favourite musicals and I knew all the words to the songs. Did you grow up singing musicals and watching them and did you have a favourite? Um, I did and, and that actually reminds me of some of my father-in-law used, used to trick me into making tea by by getting me to sing the tea line, you know, you get tea and then he said, yeah, I'll have one. Um, I got tricked. I get tricked by that too often. And I'm, I'm way too naive. Um, <laughs> that's how I became chief keyboard. Uh, it's obviously stuck, stuck with you. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's a label that stuck with me no matter what. Um, but I, I, I enjoy performing musicals. I still do. There's some, there's some great pieces of music around there in the musicals. It's, often underrated as an art form. Um, and the first musical performance that I did from musicals was um, Love Changes Everything. And that's the first time I had an audience buzzing at the end of a performance. It's a strange, but very happy feeling of hearing all the audience all talking about you before they get around to applauding. What a fantastic way to be able to connect with people. And I'm sure audiences here will really enjoy that and the variety of music that will be on show. Um, I have one final question uh, before we finish, which is we have a lot of New Zealanders who travel to the UK as well as Brits coming to New Zealand. So what is the one thing you would recommend that Kiwis who go to the UK do or see? Oh, one thing's hard. Um, I mean, you obviously have to see London, but and, and, and I think... Places like the Lake District in Scotland have a different. They're, 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 it's hard for them to compete with Fjordland, but it's that. But they have a different kind of charm, and there's that you, you've got that that sense of the of the 
the never-ending hospitality at the Highlands, which I'm heading to later in the week. And um, so there's plenty to see. And, um, and, and of course, we drive on the correct side of the road as well. Absolutely. So that will make it easier for any Kiwi doing a road trip through the UK that they're already be driving on the right side of the road. Well, they don't feel like we're really leaning on speeders because we give them ten. We give ten percent, whereas on a on a on a on a on a public holiday in in, in New Zealand, you give them one. That seems to be a, <laughs> as a I find out to my cost. A lesson well learned <laughs> for you about uh, road safety yeah. in New Zealand. Well, thank you very much for sharing a bit about your story with us. Uh, your tea making capabilities and your experiences of traveling to New Zealand. Uh, really enjoyed talking to you today and uh, really looking for hosting you here in New Zealand later this year. Looking forward to coming. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tea with the High Commission. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can find us on iTunes or Spotify. Thank you very much and Kakite Anor.